Okay. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today at the RIG Podcast. This is Isaiah Diesel. Join us, my friend here, Mr. Kemp. Elder yeah. Kemp. And uh, is that right? What, what's, your, what's your first name? My name's Elder Ethan Kemp. Ethan Kemp. Yeah. No relation to Sean, though, right? No, sadly not. Uh, <laughs> it's a brother and, from another mother. And you are, uh, where are you Where are you from? From Idaho. Idaho. And you are a member of, can you tell me a little bit about where you're from? I'm a member of the, of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's, that's a mouthful. I think yeah. LDS is, is a lot LDS. quicker. The LDS so. Church, yeah. And so can you tell us, like, first of all, uh, first and foremost, where we're, where you're, where we're calling out of or calling out where we are right now and what you're doing down here? And yeah. So right now we're in Mokpo, South Korea. And so I'm here as a missionary for my church. And about a year ago, I received a call, a letter from the church headquarters saying that I would go to South Korea, learn the language, go try to help people in whatever way, whatever way we can. And and how um, how have you how long you've been out on the field right now, and what has been your general impression of South Korea? So, I've been in South Korea about. I think almost six months now. Six months. Wow. Yeah. So when I originally got my call, Korea wasn't accepting visas because of COVID. COVID. So I served in Kentucky. Really? For, yeah, for about six months. Wow. So I've only been here for about six months. But so you have one more year total? Yeah. Wow. I still have about another year. And and how do you like Mokpo, Mokpo South Korea? Mokpo is awesome. Yeah. I love Mokpo. Uh, everyone's super nice. I mean, everyone in Korea is super nice in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... The one, you know, I mean, it's the home of Isaiah Perez. Yeah, temporarily. <laughs> so uh, we just got done with some sam some Korean samgyeopsal uh, pork barbecue, and how was that? It was. No, what's the word? What's the official word? Slap. It slapped. Okay, it slapped. <laughs> slapped. We got another gentleman here off camera, so uh, he's Korean, and he's not exactly comfortable in front of the camera, which is understandable. It's, it can be a little bit um, intimidating sometimes. So, I mean, without further ado, can you? Can you tell me a little bit about your background growing up in Mormonism and your family and anything you want to add to that? Yeah. So let's see. So I was I was raised in in the the LDS church. I was I was born into it. When you're when you're eight, you're baptized usually. At eight? Yeah. Why eight? eight? Why eight? So in the in the Book of Mormon, it says eight years old. Usually, I think other churches do can do infant baptisms. Mm -hmm. We usually refrain from infant baptisms, and so we believe that eight years old is the the age of accountability. It's, eight, Jesus. That's so crazy. yeah, so we get baptized at eight. So before eight, we believe that that you know you don't have enough reasoning to you know really know like your before, sins yeah. huh. and stuff like that. All right, so I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. I gotta write that down. But I keep going. I'll yeah, take some so I was baptized when I was eight. Um, I grew up all through high school. Um, yeah, I mean, I I went pretty pretty faithfully. I went with my parents. Um, I I held callings in the church, just like over youth and stuff. Callings. Yeah. So like um, different leadership positions, kind of, just over like the youth in in my congregation, um, back in Idaho. But hold on. But you told me you didn't really like have a serious conversion to like getting on the field. So what's yeah. that like if you're there and are you trying to like pretend or are you trying to fake well, it or what? It wasn't like look? really pretending. I didn't. I I kind of like I was like, OK, I, this all makes sense mm -hmm. to me. It made sense to me. So I was like, OK, I think I think this is true. Right. So I, I went along with everything. I did it. It was just kind of like I grew up with this. It was it was just something I did. Um, and so I didn't really have that true conversion, that true convincing of myself. And I, I don't think I still have that completely true convincing because I would, I would act, I would do things a lot different. I'm but, really glad you say that, man. I'm Because even as a Christian, I feel that way. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not telling people about the, the right way, the true religion, whatever. And I feel like... I just interviewed someone uh, on this podcast and ate this guy. And I said, the truth is, is that you could take a coin around with me and just flip it up in the air. 
heads, I'm going to do the right thing or tails, I'm going to do the wrong thing. And it's literally just many times mm -hmm. a toss of the coin for me. So mm -hmm. um, I think I like what you said right now. That's mm -hmm. that really powerful. But Yeah. So I think when I say I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm not fully convinced. Mm -hmm. I know this is, this is the true church, mm -hmm. but just the reality of Jesus Christ and what he's, what he's done for me, like the aspect of aspects of his atonement, mm -hmm. it's just hard to, fully convince myself of of that yeah well if that makes sense yeah well you know we just celebrated easter mm -hmm. and yeah I, I just think you know it's a matter of are you going to be honest or not like right. are you going to be honest about things because i could sit here and tell you i'm this perfect christian or i'm a right. perfect dad or i'm a perfect father but i'd be telling so many lies so i'd mm -hmm. at least be breaking one sin right there right i'd at least be lying but um but, you know, we could approach this honestly. I think that's where God can meet us a lot of times. Definitely. It's Definitely. what gets us to that next step. Because if mm -hmm. you're sitting there, oh, I'm so right. I'm so good. I'm so yeah. smart. Yeah. I'm so holy. Uh, God has a really hard time working with that in our lives, you know? Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, actually, what I've heard says he's going to have to break you. So if you think you're all solid or whatever, he's going to break you. And then he can use you. Then he can put you back together. And right. Use you. right. By the way, pride. yeah, he's got to be the 10th tenth, the tenth Mormon I've met so far. Really? Yeah, I've met two Koreans, you, those other two guys, Devere, mm -hmm. Pratt, um, there was Jackson, there was uh, so many of these guys. They're breaking me down because, as you can see, I'm in the short sleeve shirt here. So I just need to give me a tag <laughs> and a little clip on tie. Yeah, you, got, you, you guys are making That's... some serious damage on me. <laughs> but um, we've, we've been interacting now for the last couple of months. And uh, I do want to ask you some questions that could yep. maybe get a little bit deeper. Some of it might get a little bit um, contentious to ask some questions, but mm -hmm. very, very respectfully, because the name of this podcast is RHE, Respect, Humility, and Empathy. Okay. And if we're being honest about who we are, we're being respectful in these conversations. And I said the humility, just recognizing mm -hmm. I don't have 100% of the answers. Mm -hmm. You certainly don't. I, mean, yeah. I probably have a few more answers than you. That's because I'm like 20 years older mm -hmm. than you, right? <laughs> you, you are 20? Yeah, 20. Okay. So, yeah, so I could literally be your dad. <laughs> literally I, if i had you at 20 i could be your dad still uh -huh. so uh but anyway so but you know just what you said though that already struck with me about mm -hmm. uh, not being totally convinced and that's just the truth the reality of it yeah hopefully when and when we're at a stage where god is totally in our lives and we're just totally living according to the bible and uh, living according to the spirit things might be a bit different, but right. all right. So starting uh, right off the top, I will ask you, how are you so convinced that Jesus Christ is the right way? Like what convinces is, you of that? It's like the right way, like yeah. the right way to live, mm -hmm. like under his teachings. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well, I guess first off, just that's, that's how I find, found my most joy. The, the most joy in my life is, has come from that. Um, your personal experience personal experience just um yeah personal experience I've the question's only going to get harder from here yeah, bro so sorry, I'm, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, not, okay. I'm not the best of this yeah, no, it's right. so <laughs> but, but but okay so let's just stop there for mm, a second mm. what do you think about the fact that you you are in the same religion that you were born into mm -hmm. you know what i mean does that ever give you some kind of pause and say like well maybe maybe i was just born into the wrong family you know what do you think um I've never you never thought about no, that. No, I'm sure it's come across my mind before. No, I think it has. It has. But there's a few stones, like solid, like <clears throat> concrete foundations in my testimony that I can't go back on. Okay. That that whenever I have doubts, they I always go back to that, mm -hmm. and then it kind of like turns me back around. Yeah. So I'll I'll ask you that. Have you ever had like a I don't know. The Mormons talk about this, like a burning in the spirit or something like that. Mm. Have you ever felt that? Or have you ever had an experience where you're like, I just know this is Jesus. It doesn't have to be necessarily him talking to, to you, but it could be some kind of like circumstance that happened. You're like, wow, I can't really foresee that happening any other way than any just for God. Yeah. So actually, well, I was um, in doing missionary training. Mm -hmm. It was about two months long, two months long because I was learning Korean. Um, usually you would go to a, the missionary training center, which is in Utah, but mm -hmm. um, it was closed because of COVID. So we were doing it online. So I was at home and one of my Korean teachers said, 
to pray. Um, I can't remember what about exactly, but he said to pray and just continue to pray until you get an answer. Just that, mm -hmm. that one time, just continue to keep praying until you get an answer. And I did that and I received, I received a, an experience that, that I've never felt before. Really? Really? Yeah. Was like internally like, yeah, it was like, it was like, I just felt the, the like, just, I'm not like so much love that I've, love. I've never felt that before. I, I gotta say, it's been interesting. Um, this has been my third talk with the Mormons online, mm -hmm. but off camera, maybe had another 20 or so. And, but hearing about people's uh, experience and reassurance, that's been interesting because that's not, well, I guess I have sometimes heard Christians saying that, uh, but, but there's more of an emphasis, I think, amongst the, the Mormons. Um, that being said, I do want to say, I'm really glad we're like sitting down because this guy's like an entire foot taller than me. <laughs> Add an extra two inches yeah. right here. And then, yeah, this guy is like, I, I really look up to you, man. I really look up to you. So, yeah. Um, okay. So, all right. All right. So I do want to ask another question. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you are well aware of the fact that most Christians wouldn't consider Mormons, uh, Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard that, yeah. What, what, in your opinion, what is the, the number one reason why Christians wouldn't consider Mormons to be uh, Christians? Um, what I've heard, mm -hmm. um, that I think a lot of people believe that we worship Joseph Smith or we worship Mormon or Moroni. That would be Moroni. Moroni. Right? Moroni the, yeah. the angel. Um, or I think a lot of people, because so we believe that Jesus Christ and the mm -hmm. Holy Ghost and Heavenly Father are three separate mm -hmm. beings. I think that throws everyone off. So you don't believe in the Trinity? Yeah, that's right. You don't believe, okay. All right. So I do believe in the Trinity, but then again, I also don't believe that it makes sense. Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really make sense. And I understand that Mormons and JWs, Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't believe in the Trinity, but they try to explain it away like human understanding. And like, if I had to do that, if you told me like you, you have to explain something in concrete terms, that would be the only way I would be able to do it is to say, oh yeah, these are clearly three different people. It's clearly... If you have a son and you're the father, that's very obvious you're a separate person from that, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you have some kind of split personality or something. But uh, so it's not really easy to make sense of it, right? Mm -hmm. If you're being logically consistent, because some atheists or um, how do you call it? Uh, Muslims will say um, Christianity, the Trinity, it violates the law of like a non-contradiction or excluded middle in logic or identity. I mean, it says that there's just, there's just cannot exist. Like two separate things cannot exist here and saying they're the same thing, right? So it is confusing. I, I And so that one is a little bit easier to dismiss that you're, you're, you're trying to, you're trying to make sense of it, you know, and that's, um, that's understandable. Um, but Okay, so there's that one. Um, so the other one you said, so you guys definitely don't worship Joseph Smith. De yeah, definitely not. That's a that's a big misconception. <laughs> and you definitely don't worship. Um, you definitely don't worship Morona. Yeah, which is like an angel. That was the angel who spoke to him. Yeah, so he appeared to him and told him where the gold plates were at. The gold plates. So don't you think that's a little bit awkward though that you would name yourself after an angel? Well, right. rather than just saying like I'm a Christian, well, uh, to name yourself after Moroni, taking the the name the root of that and making a Mormon, that seems a little bit awkward. Like you you would understand yes. why people would, would think saying, that, yeah. right? Okay. But so actually, Moroni is a different person than Mormon. Oh, Mormon is a person. Yeah, Mormon's a person. Okay, so okay. Mormon is the father of Moroni in the in the Book of Mormon. Mormon um, compiled all the books together, and then. He gave it to his son Moroni, and so that's why it's called oh. the Book of Mormon oh. because he like oh, okay. compiled it all together, and then Moroni finished it off. Okay, see, I mean that—that's obviously something I think your average Christian wouldn't know. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that it would stop a Christian from saying like, because I know you would call yourself a Christian, right? Yeah. But I tend to—I'm—I'm I'm speaking. What I think about this and what maybe most Christians would think about it is different because if you're telling me 
like I'm not saying I agree with everything because if you're telling me you believe in Jesus Christ, it is a it is a bit awkward that we have some different ideas about it. But like, if that's what you're telling me, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm living in accordance to the Bible. I'm like, you know, the the thing that throws Christians off about Mormons is that the you guys, yes, you guys believe you guys can become gods. And for me to tell you that you're not going to heaven or you don't know Jesus Christ, that seems like I'm playing God at that point. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, th I so, think that's what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I have no way to judge what's going on here. You know, right. what's going on in your heart, what's going on in your mind, how God might reveal himself to you. I have no way of knowing that. Um, I do know I'm not a Mormon and I've talked to you guys for the last year or so. I haven't found anything like really compelling and convincing that would convince me, but that doesn't mean I dislike you guys or, you know, I hate you guys or want to call you guys cult members. Appreciate Sometimes that. I will call them cult members out of joke, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, you guys definitely, if you guys are cult members, you guys gotta be like the nicest, most polite cult on the planet. Right? <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, people say we're a cult all the time, but I mean, I don't know. I've been told Definitely. some of the nicest people. Yeah, like definitely. Uh, Nicest, most clean cut. Like Mormons don't even have facial hair. Like that's how missionaries don't. Missionaries don't. Some other Mormons do. Yeah, other Mormons do. Not. I think the majority. majority <coughs> usually don't. Usually don't. Pretty clean shape. Yeah. You never see really any Mormons with tattoos or anything. Um, it depends. It yeah. depends. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So, so then what? What do Mormons think about like a Christian like me? Like, do, do you feel like? Um, it's your obligation to try to convert someone like me? Well, we believe that, you know, in the Bible, Jesus Christ said one faith, one baptism, one Lord. Mm -hmm. So we believe that in order to have the most joy possible, that you need to be living under the correct doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like we want to just try to convert you to increase our numbers or anything. We have, we believe that we have a certain amount of joy that that we think everyone can benefit from. Mm -hmm. And not only not only we believe that you know we already have the joy mm -hmm. that we want to share, we believe that we can get even more, more. joy. Okay. So, so we so we would be like, yeah, we joy. we want to share that joy with as many people as possible. So as far as joy, I gotta really assume that you're talking about the Mormons who only have one wife now. Because the other guys who have three wives I can't imagine that being a very joyful well, so, existence. So back in the 1800s. I'm, that's a joke. <laughs> but, I mean, one wife, I mean, Joseph Smith, I got to say this. I, mean, I don't know if he had, like, 10 wives. That guy must have been, like, Isaiah, like, way bigger person than me. Because I can barely handle one woman, you know? <laughs> like, if I could clone myself and uh, we can both take care of my wife and we're just clandestinely switching off, that might be easy. One of, one of us would go, to, go out on vacation or something. The other one take care, the other one clean up. It's a lot of work. So I, I, I generally don't see how anybody could have more than like a Muslim or a Mormon. But then again, that's maybe just my lack that I would have built it up. And maybe some other guys would. Uh yeah, I think it was definitely tough. I think back then, um, from what I've been from what I've read, mm -hmm. is that not not all of them were polygamous. Only about two to five percent were polygamous. Really? Yeah, and that's it, small. Yeah, and it was it was really hard. I think, you know. They, it was it was a big thing um, called of the Lord because um, a lot of a lot of the men uh, have were um, died or other circumstances because they were being killed right yeah yeah see that's an so there's a lot of persecution other things like that and so these these widows didn't have any right. anybody to provide yeah. for them and for any Christian who think that that's like really ridiculous or out there that exact kind of thing happened in the Bible that's right yeah. Um, it's called a kinsman redeemer that like hypothetically speaking if we're brothers um you're my white brother here i'm mexican but let's say why we're brothers mm -hmm. and you died then and you had a wife then i would be like obligated to marry your wife That's and right. take on your child um it's called a kinsman redeemer so yeah so like that is not out there at all and i do want to say this um one thing one thing that is 
somewhat like appealing, I would say, is that about Mormonism or Mormon doctrine is that it's like evolving, right? How so? Well, one, we've talked about this last week, that you can only call your mom, um, it used to be you can only call her twice a year, Mother's yeah. Day and... We're talking about yeah Father's Day. They're like screw the dad man. You don't you don't need to talk to your dad <laughs> like Father's Day. But you could call your mom. Mm -hmm. So uh, go, yeah, go. As, a, as a missionary. So it used to be you could only call home two times a year, but now um, I don't we know. Call them every week. Yeah, we can call them every week. Yeah. So what I was talking about is, so yeah, so so there's that. Um, mm -hmm. That's of evolution. There's also the other <clears throat> one which is uh, polygamy because. At that point, at some point, it was allowed, and then now it's not allowed unless you're Jeff Jeffries and you have your own Mormon, um, <laughs> your own Mormon <laughs> temple. Then you can do whatever you want. Um, but then also to the one about not allowing blacks into the um, to the priesthood mm -hmm. that existed for a while, and that was revoked like a hundred years ago. So when is that revoked? Well, uh, I think that was 1978. Oh God, that's really recent. Yeah, so actually none of that stuff was doctrinal. Mm -hmm. It was only organizational. So so organizational stuff has to change with the times. Okay. It wasn't doctrine that, you know, it's not in the scriptures that we can only call our parents once once a week or twice a year. It wasn't it wasn't ever there was never ever re um revelation to say that blacks can't receive the priesthood. There was revelation to say that there would be polygamy. But there, that's you can also, you can also see that in the Bible, yeah. Like Abraham, Solomon, stuff like that. So, do you know when that doctrine was officially outlawed? I want to say in the 1890s. 1890s. So I don't think it went no. for very long. There was these two missionaries. They were only here for like one day, and because um, I guess you guys, it's interesting how they shuffle you around, yeah. and then you get to go meet some other ones and interact. I think it's a really good system that you guys got set up, but. These two Mormons came down. We had some Mexican food, actually. We had loaded nachos. They were incredible. Sure. But he knew, like, a lot about uh, Mormon uh, doctrine. I, I do got to say this for a second. I know there's various degrees of you guys who have, like, understanding and, and knowledge about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, which is probably the case for every Christian. Not every Christian knows their Bible very well or anything. But... Um, I had met these four Mormons in in America, and I invited him over. And I made him like sushi and like uh, shrimp fried rice. And one of those guys, he's like this tall dude, really good at basketball, really good looking. And we're there having a conversation, and this guy's like just pigging out on the sushi. He's like, he's just going to town on the sushi. That was, and he's like, he couldn't really even care less what we're talking. He's like, you guys just talk about whatever. Uh -huh. And in the course of the talks, one of these dudes was like, I mean, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen it, how they'll color coordinate their Bible or Book of Mormon uh -huh. so they could go through. One of the guys, the guy right before, I think you, so you maybe you never met him. I can't remember his name right now. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had a really color coordinated Bible. I think so. Yeah. He told me, I think he told me his grandpa did that for him. Mm -hmm. But that guy was just like, I mean, he was just flipping back and forth. I'm like, how in the heck you guys have to have a really good memory because as Christians, we only need the Bible. You guys have the Bible, the book of Mormon, the doctrine of covenants and the, uh, the pearl of great price. That's so right, yeah. would you say your average Mormon is well-versed in all four of this? Well, no. It kind of depends. Usually as missionaries, you become kind of well-versed. Um, I wouldn't say I'm insanely well-versed, mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a little familiar. Usually the older people who are, are really active, who go to church consistently, they, I, th I think they're pretty, pretty well-versed. In all four. In all four, four. See, and this is something, um, there's a lot of ways I get, I can give a lot of credit to the, the Mormonism, even if I don't personally agree with it myself, but one of the ways is the organization is mm -hmm. just ridiculous. That's what you give me, get a bunch of white people together, man. You know, they're going to be really, <laughs> really organized, but um, they, they do a really good job as far as coordinating things. And um, for the missionaries who come here, they have everything like lined up uh, really nice. And 
they have an app that's like wow that app is just yeah, has they, like everything the app on it. is crazy and so the the app slaps it's tight <laughs> it slaps it's tight. i mean it has a lot of different features in it so there's there's things like that with websites with um distribution of by or the book of mormons um they, they're really good at that you know would mm -hmm. you say that's one of the one of the strongest things about mormonism uh yeah i mean I don't know if it's the strongest, but I, I mean, one of the strong, yeah, one of the strongest. Yeah. I think it's, I think, yeah, definitely. It's kind of ridiculously organized. It, yeah. Their, their organization is, is crazy. And, and so, so I, so I do want to ask you a question because you just try to stop and think about that for a second, because I believe there's like around, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 or do you know how many million Mormons there are? I think it's about 16, almost 17, 16. Maybe? Okay. I'll look it up right now, but what does that make you feel like knowing the fact that so few people, even after all that organization, even mm -hmm. after all the missionaries that they're sending out, so few people resonate with this message. Have well, you thought about that? I've thought about it a little bit. I mean, there's 7 billion people in the world and only 16 million are baptized. But I've also thought, you know, the requirements to join this church are, they kind of, you know, for some people, they ask a 16 lot. Million, uh, 16 million. 16.5. So you like hit right in the middle. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think. They ask a lot. Yeah, the, the requirements to, to join the church. You know, for some people, I think they ask a lot at, from from the person. You know, like we have the, the word of wisdom that, you know, can't drink or. Can't or, drink coffee. Yeah. So I think some people, you know, they get turned off by some of the requirements, some different commandments that we have. And so I think that can turn people away and. They can they can lose lose sight of like the 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 more the base of the message that okay so that does that in your mind give you pause to think hmm if this truly was the one way that God wanted shouldn't shouldn't God be attracting more people to this like as a Christian that gives me pause and there's 2.3 2.5 billion Christians on the earth. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Or maybe mm -hmm. there's like three billion. I don't know. There's it's a lot, mm -hmm. but but even with that number, I'm like, put, put it like this: pretty much like one third of the world is Christian. Mm -hmm. So even in the best case scenario, even if I include all of you, all the Mormons, all the JWs, all the Orthodox, all the Catholics, that's still only one third of the planet. So yeah. you have something that's not working with people seventy, you know, seventy percent of the time. That should give you some kind of pause and say, even as a Christian, this is not singling you out. But I'm like, wow, that's a. Is there something wrong with the message or maybe the messengers? Do you think maybe there's something sometimes wrong with the messengers? Um, what do you think about that? You know, I think this is what I've heard. I've heard mm -hmm. um, the church is true, but the people in the church aren't true. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone is all we're all here yeah yeah, right? yeah so they make mistakes so i think there definitely is sometimes you know wrong something wrong with the messenger or something yeah yeah you know oh, i'm glad you yeah but i'll be the first to admit that one as a christian yeah but um uh yeah i mean what i think i mean when jesus when jesus established his ministry not everyone just completely openly accepted all at once right? yeah so, very few people exactly. no, that's a good that's a good that's a good counter that um Jesus himself was killed. So mm -hmm. sometimes people talk about Joseph Smith. They're like, oh, he was in prison or he was like, he was killed himself. I'm like, that means nothing inside of Christianity. I mean, you can make that same exact case for Paul. Like literally, mm -hmm. Paul was in prison and Paul um, was killed. So that doesn't really discredit, you know, because I've heard, and I don't know all the details about this, but in the younger stage of his life, he was involved in fraud or, some kind of you've heard of that yeah before that, that, he was paul yeah no, yeah no no i'm talking about um joseph smith oh joseph smith yeah he he had done some he got involved in some legal trouble but that doesn't really like if you're reading the bible that shouldn't even read like that's almost in consequential because first of all as sinners we're all spiritual um prisoners we're all spiritual prisoners we're all spiritual criminals so that's off the top. All right. right. Not only that, but lots of people, and you know this, just the things that you've done in your life. I mean, we've all done a lot of stuff that we haven't gotten caught for, you know? 
Um, so maybe he happened to get caught for his, whatever. But still, though, it's like, you know, again, Paul was in prison. Lots of other people have had their lives turned around. I, I've seen lots of gang members, lots of drug addicts, prostitutes turn their lives around. So the fact that he had a pass, that doesn't even register in my mind, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, what do you thought of it? I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think once you once you truly repent of, of the things in your past, you know, it's it's like it says in the Bible, you know, God doesn't remember them anymore. Yeah, there you go. All right. By the way, um, can you tell me real quick about your family? Uh, yeah. You said you have four brothers? I have three older brothers. So four, four brothers four and brothers. four boys in total. So I have three older brothers and I have my mom. And then my dad passed away when I was 10 years old. 10. Wow. Mm -hmm. That must have been really traumatic. Yeah, it was, you know, I don't know. It was, I don't know. It was hard to comprehend, I guess, at the time. Really? Yeah. Like, do, do you remember your mom sitting you down and telling, I mean, I guess he could be comforted by saying, you know, he's up there with Joseph Smith or Moroni or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, that might be, just give you some comfort. But still, though, it's like, you're going to come home. You're going to, well, I guess you have four brothers. They're older brothers? Yeah, three older brothers. So that, they could probably, and probably did take a kind of like a brotherly, maybe slash, uh, how much older? My next oldest brother is six years older. Okay, so yeah, they could definitely fill in that role, right? Yeah. So, so were, they, were they helpful with you? Yeah, definitely. I think they were helpful. I mean, um, my two older brothers moved out. Um, so through my teenage years, I mostly grew up with just one brother in the house. And then he he left. So it was just me and my mom for really? a while. And your mom didn't remarry? Mm -mm. Is that like forbidden? No, it's not forbidden. I think actually the prophet of the church after his wife died, he remarried. The but you said there's twelve prophets. So you're talking about the main guy? Yeah. So the, the president of the church. His okay, so I don't know if you can answer this or not, because this this happened. Jesus was asked this question. He's like, Hey, some like some lady is like married a guy, and then he died. And so like his brother married because talking about the kinsman redeemer, what mm -hmm. we're talking about. So he's like, Okay, well, his brother. His brother married her, but then he died, and the next brother, the next brother, the next brother, and like seven of them landed marrying her. And the thing is, they were trying to catch Jesus in this. They're trying to trip him up, you know, like kind of like a gotcha question. You know, I'm not asking you any gotcha questions. Do you mm -hmm. feel like I'm asking you any gotcha questions? No. Okay. No, you're good. asking some common questions. Yeah. So anyway, he he basically. Um, you know, he basically says, well, you know, it's. It, in heaven people aren't going to be getting married so um he asked basically what he answers but the point is though is that you have an additional ritual ceremony that happens for married couples that you want to get like what do you call it like it's sealed sealed okay there you go mm -hmm. sealed man i really feel like getting me a high seat that they put the kids <laughs> in so like we're more equal as you're like I'm, all, I'm almost out of camera. I know, right? Your hair definitely <laughs> is, but either that or just put like get like a borrow your hair. I'll maybe I'll Photoshop some hair on so there I put a Kim Jong Un thing. <laughs> <laughs> you like the Korean guy like that one, but okay. So, so did your mom date or not date? Or hold on, let me finish. Mm -hmm. Is there something that like your mom just really wanted to be reunited with? that guy and if she married another guy then they wouldn't be sealed together i don't know just can you enlighten me on that it's yeah a genuine question I, I really don't have any idea yeah yeah so we're not exactly sure what will happen you know if you are sealed to multiple people um but i mean it says that you will have you know fullness of joy and so whatever is in line with god's will and gives you the most joy is probably what will happen That's yeah, okay, but that wasn't like I don't have you ever talked to your mom about that? Like I can't imagine being like especially after having being intimate with the with the man for, for so many years and then just abruptly, you know, just go cold turkey off of you know sex or whatever, companionship. Like if you've never had that, it would I it would be a different story, you know. Like mm -hmm. if you're an old maid and you're in your fifties, you never got married, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. But if you've known what companionship is and you're raising a family together and you know, you're used to having sex two or three times a week or whatever, 
that might I can imagine that would be really difficult. That seems like a really strong burden to have on someone. Yeah, well, I think actually, I think when my dad passed away, I think my mom was actually about fifty years old. Fifty. Yeah, so she had me when she was kind of old. She was about forty-two, I think, when she had me. Wow. Something like that. Forty-two. Maybe forty or forty-two, something like Whoa. that. Whoa. Yeah. Kudos to your mom. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So all right, okay. So that that makes sense. You're already mm -hmm. starting to. So see, I assume when he said ten, I assumed your mom was probably yeah. like like 35 or something. So I guess at that point, you know, you're pe people starting to get older, got the mm -hmm. menopause kicking in and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I have some friends who, um, I have a friend who her dad passed away when she was a baby and her mom dated around a lot and, and tried to get, I think she got remarried and she did get remarried. divorced. Your, your, your woman friend. Yeah. Okay. So what is divorce seem like then if you put such a strong emphasis on that in your community, mm -hmm. Are people like ostracized or kicked out of the church? No, because, no, no, no. Okay, so tell me, tell me. So I think divorce is definitely, it, it depends on the circumstance. I think if there's relationship problems, like you just don't, you know, you just mad at each other and stuff like that, definitely divorce isn't encouraged. Um, it's definitely encouraged to work it out, you know, and to try to be better together. But if there's abuse, or you know anything anything like that is if it's harming yourself you know then then you can totally get divorced like then no worries but i mean um you you definitely for any reason you're definitely not going to get kicked out if you on either way you're talking about either way yeah either way you're not going to so get kicked out so what if you're like uh, belligerently like uh you know cheating on your spouse or whatever mm -hmm. and that comes out and then your spouse leaves you what is the response of uh, the rest of the church well it depends what what position you are in the church. If you're in a higher position, then um, you'll be presented before a council, and they'll decide if you can what the right repentance process mm -hmm. is. If you need to be uh, what's called excommunicated, uh -huh. which is where you kicked out of the church, and you have to if you want to join back into the church, you have to be rebaptized, or if you can undergo some other form of repentance process, which mm -hmm. usually entails talking to your ecclesiastical leader and changing, just changing how you, how you act and live. I mean, so I really wish Christian churches would, I don't know. This is the first time you're telling me about that. So I don't really know the process of what's going on, mm -hmm. but if you had a position where you could be come before people and repent and, um, and be restored because you really see that kind of thing happening, like in the book of acts, um, that people are making mistakes or Paul's out and he's calling out, he's calling out different churches and telling them like, you know, repent on whatever's going on in the church. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we look at Corinthians. Yeah. He, he's rebuking people and that would be something really good. But like what happens a lot of times is two things. I think we can fall into as Christians. We could fall into two traps. One is just the judgmental, like, right. Oh, I'll the camp. You're a horrible guy. You're uh, da, 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 da. And that, of course, entails that, one, I'm not doing the same exact thing that you're doing, but I just haven't been caught. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That In order for me to say that about you, that's what I would need to say. Like, let's just say you were cheating on your spouse or whatever, or you're an alcoholic. That, first and foremost, I would have to not be an alcoholic myself to, to, to judge you like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Second of all, is that there's going to be other ways in which maybe I'm not an alcoholic, but maybe I'm like, I have a really bad anger problem. Okay. So, which is also a sin as well. You know, like when mm -hmm. we think, oh, this is sinners worse than that. It's like we all have sin. Right. So if there's someone else who doesn't have an anger problem, like I'll tell you about this. This guy I went to school in high school and in college, his name was Mike. I mean, if you didn't know otherwise, you'd probably think he's like a hippie, like maybe smoking weed and just like totally chill out. It's Bible college. Mm -hmm. But he had like longer hair, longer blonde hair. And he was just like so like, oh, man, it's cool. Like that. He's so loving. You know what I mean? You know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Like a hippie type. Mm -hmm. And. He had this really calm voice, never raised his voice, never was angry, uh, nothing 
probably the exact opposite of me because I was very loud, very angry at that age. And I told him, I'm like, I'm like, Mike, you don't even know how bad, like I, I envy you because you have no problem in this area. And I have a really bad problem. Um, something that still God's continually work, working out in me, you know, it was much worse before. I'm like, dude, I'm like, you never, you never get angry. And he's like, no, I say, he goes, I'm human, man. He's like, I get angry just like everyone else. And I'm like, I'm calling BS. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. Mike, really? I'm like, when was the yeah. last time you got angry? Like legitimately. Mm -hmm. And as calm as, as sincere as you could possibly say, this is what he told me. He goes, he's like, Isaiah, he goes, it was just like three years ago, man. He's like, it wasn't that long ago, man. He's like, <laughs> I'm just human. And I'm like, oh, God, this guy would never understand sure. me, you know? Uh -huh. But anyway, you have a situation like that where he's stronger in another area than I am. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm stronger in another area. Like maybe I'm more charitable, you know? Maybe he didn't have, he wasn't able to freely give and serve like I'm able to. That, that's a strength of mine, you know? It almost compensates for all of the other negative things I have about me. It's like I have this really one good thing is that I love to serve and I love to give. But the truth is that we just we have different strengths and different different weaknesses. That's right. So for me to harp on your weakness, um, I don't want someone who doesn't have that wrong with them to do that to me. You know, I want them to pray for me. Right. Uh, I want them to have compassion and try to demonstrate Christ, Christ's love to me. And I think that's a that's a much better way to do it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Definitely. I definitely think so. I think, you know, when when you meet somebody with, uh, you know, that doesn't have a strength you have, I think it's your obligation obligation to mm -hmm. to build them up and help them with what's what they what they struggle with and vice versa. Like not only that, but just try to wrap your mind around this for a second. Like <laughs> imagine what our conversation would be if you were 60 years old. Right. Mm -hmm. If you were 60 years old, you would be 20 years older than me. Mm -hmm. I'm 20 years older than me, you right now. And if we were to have the same conversation, if we had some time machine and we could talk, you would be giving me wisdom and uh, things that you've learned being a grandfather or whatever. And so, like, we're at different stages of our lives right now, but just the reality of it. So, I can't hold you, him, or Elder. Uh, Devere or whoever else, I can't hold you guys to like a standard that I'm just going to hold someone who's the same age as me or is not a father, not a husband. Like you wouldn't have anything to give me as far as like marriage advice or being right. a parent mm -hmm. because you're just not a parent, you know? Right. Yeah. So, or someone who's had a daughter go through their teens, I wouldn't have anything to offer that. You know, my daughter's still four. I couldn't counsel someone who has a rebellious daughter. Mm -hmm. Actually, my daughter is starting to get a little bit rebellious mm -hmm. now. The mornings she come, she likes to come and give me like a hug and wake me up and because mm -hmm. she doesn't want to get ready to go to for school. So she, today I was trying to push her out the door. She was fighting me, but sometimes uh, I'll ask her for things. Ask her to give me a kiss or ask her to eat. And she's like yesterday, and out of ironically, out of all things, we're trying to feed her samgyeopsal. Samgyeopsal <laughs> is so delicious, and she still is like no 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 you know. But I'm like, uh -huh. she would have never, you know, she would have never done that. It's like, as, as kids start to get older, they start to get a personality. And they start to be defiant. Right. I don't know. Were you a defiant kid of your mom? Definitely. I think I, sometimes I was, definitely. <laughs> I think but, I caused my mom a lot of, <laughs> a lot of strife. I definitely did myself. That is no everything. But anyway, that's, that's just something we can be aware of that we're at different stages and different levels of intelligence, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you can't judge everyone at the same level, you know, we've right. gone through yeah. different things. So definitely, uh, you got any last thoughts you want to share with me? Shoot, man. I don't know, man. I guess love everyone. <laughs> love everyone. Yeah. That's, I is mean, that, is that your WWJD? Yeah. Like, WWJD. What would no, Jesus wait, wait. do? Oh yeah. This is the, what would Jesus do? He would love first and he would love first. So, so you have them both. Okay. Yeah. This one's, it's pretty old. <laughs> It's little, wait, is that the one Javier had? I think so. I think it's probably, he probably gave it's that the to same. You? Oh, no, I or no, I've got this in America, right. but he probably is about the same one. So he okay, so okay, so he would love her. So people, go ahead. Can you explain what you think that means? Just I think whenever there's a situation, you 
I think our initial reaction is just to react right away with that, whatever emotion comes first. And usually the first emotion that comes is usually a negative emotion, usually. Mm -hmm. But I think it's saying to just, just hold on a minute when that experience happens and just remember that he would love first. And what would Jesus do when that experience happens? And then um, you would take um, take the next action to love the person instead of, you know, react with those carnal, carnal. In each um, carnal, what? Sorry. Carnal, carnal intentions, carnal acts. Any chance you like country music? It's all right. Yeah. You, you're, he's like the most hip Mormon you've probably ever seen. So you probably <laughs> like rap, right? Uh, I just do a little bit of rap back home. <laughs> okay. Cause uh, yeah, he actually knows all this slang. And stuff, so, <laughs> yeah. um, but, but there's this, I really like country music cause mm -hmm. my mom used to listen to it a lot growing up, but uh, there's a song. Probably the best thing about country is that it will literally tell whole stories yeah. um, in song, which yeah. you don't really see that. I mean, you sometimes see it in some genres, but really not ever. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so the stories about this lady who it's called the chain of love, Clay Walker. I actually saw him sing it live, actually. I got to say that in Bakersfield. But anyway, so this lady, she gets a broken down tire, okay? Mm -hmm. And then this guy comes up and he helps her fix her tire. And she tries to um, she tries to pay him at the end. She's like really terrified. And he's like, oh, he's like, he tells her, I'm getting chills already, like just thinking about this. But he says, he says, you don't owe me anything. He says, because I've been there too. Someone else once helped me out the way that I'm helping you. And if you really want to pay me back, here's what you do. Don't let the chain of love stop with you. Okay. So then that lady goes, I got chills everywhere. Look, it's one of my favorite songs ever. But she goes to diner mm -hmm. and she, she, she starts eating and um, she notices that the waitress is like nine months pregnant. Okay. So, so she eats like a little sandwich or something. And then she, she she gives her a hundred dollar bill, and she and so she goes to get her change, and as she goes to get her change, she just slips out and says, uh, she says the same thing: "You don't owe me a thing. I've been there too. Someone once helped me out the way that I'm helping you. If you really want to pay me back, here's what you do: don't let the chain of love stop with you." So later on, um, the wife gets off work and she goes home and she gets into bed, and her husband is uh, the her husband is a guy who helped her out. I think it's such a beautiful story that um, how we should be paying it forward. You know, uh, people, we want to get our grace. We want to get our love. We want to give our forgiveness, but we just very frequently don't want to pay it forward, you know? And actually I will say this. Uh, I got a chance to live that song out before because me and my friend were driving on the freeway and there was this car that was like broken down right on the freeway. And we pulled up and, um, you know, we fixed his tire and he's like, dude, he's like, thank you so much. He's like, I've been out here for two hours, man. Probably hundreds of cars that went by here. And he's like, he's like, here, this is all the cash I got on me right now. He pulled out some like what, 20 bucks. I'm like, dude, I'm like, and I literally told him that I said, if you really want to pay me back, help the next person you see broke down. So, uh, that being said, um, I heard you're gonna heard from a little bird. You gonna play us a song? I can try. All I right. can attempt a little song. You right-handed? Yeah. Okay. So uh, the whole thing. I don't know if I know the whole thing. I'll play whatever you want. Play for a minute. All right. As long as it's not praising uh, more Moroni or uh, Joseph Smith. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll try. I'll, I gotta think of a new song. No. <laughs> of St. Augustine on the ground between my Holy word. 
Who, what was that song by? Uh, by? Band of Horses. Are they? Are they the? Band of Horses. No, okay. Um, what was that song called? Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine. That's a really nice song. Thanks. All right. Well. Um, yeah, I think we're at the end here. So uh, I want to thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having me. I appreciate oh, it. Oh, you hope it wasn't too too rough. No, no, it's good. You sure, it's fun. Yeah, I wasn't. You, you were, were you nervous starting off? I mean, there's a little bit. A little bit. Uh, just I didn't know what was gonna happen, but yeah. it was good. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, it's 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 good to have your ideas questioned because yeah. if you emerge from that, then you'll emerge stronger. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I gave you some things to think about, mm-hmm. and you think about them, and after you answer that, then when someone asks you that question later on. Um, maybe you might ask, maybe you don't have all the answers. I don't have, maybe, and I'll be honest, maybe 10% of the answers yeah, that probably really people want to know out of the Bible. I mean, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a genius or anything, but, um, but anyway, uh, you know, we, we talked about just helping each other out. And uh, if you emerge from that, you'll have a stronger faith. So yeah. that being said, I want to thank you for joining us today at RIT podcast. This is Isaiah Diesel. i my friend, Mr. Sean Kemp here. About the same size as Sean Kemp. Almost. I tried to give him a hug uh, last week. I had to climb up on like a, a bench. So we were like at the same height. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but we want to thank you for joining us today. And check us out at www.rgpodcast.com. Check out more conversations like this, having them with empathy, respect, um, humility, trying to you know grow and learn together. And uh, if you'd like to come on this podcast, you can email us at rgpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we love to hear what you have to say uh, if you're not subscribed please do so leave a like and comment below and we look forward to seeing you back on the next episode of RG podcast goodbye